Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. This is Let's Do the Right Thing in association with RadioWorks. Presented and curated by Adam Hopkinson. So this is season three of Let's Do the Right Thing, um, the podcast bringing confidence to people going out there on their own. But also over the last couple of years, it's slightly, it's slightly morphed into something else about being more focused towards marketers to talk to people about how and why things have changed over the last couple of years and the pandemic and the, the effect that it's had on our business and our communications industry. And we're talking to the wise and the wonderful of Adland to find out what's going on. Today, we have Larissa, um, the Marketing Director of Wallace, Dorothy Perkins and Burton with us. Good morning, Larissa. Good morning. How are you doing? Very good. Very happy. Beautiful summer day. Beautiful summer's day. And here we are stuck in a Soho basement. <laughs> uh, at least it's cold, though. Hey? Yes. Nice and pleasant. Excellent. And you're quite shiny and new at, uh, at Boohoo Group. How are you settling in? I am indeed. So I've been around for almost six months now. Yep. Um, it's been a baptism of fire um, because I joined as head of digital and then got promoted to head of marketing in the space of three months. So very intense, um, but I'm, I'm loving it. Uh, it's a space where you can make a lot of change um, and it's very rewarding. Like it's the sort of business, despite the group being very big, um, you can see your impact on the business. Um, no matter how senior or junior you are, so um, it's a fantastic place to work. Well, fantastic, and you know, and it's a, it's a, got to be a testament to to what you're doing then to be have uh, developed from head of digital into to head of marketing so quickly. I did want to talk to you about your background a bit. You've got a very strong um, history in terms of digital at agencies, and then there's two things that have changed for you very recently: that you've gone client side, and you've also gone all media side. So, h- how are you dealing with that? How, how's it going? Yeah, so I started off in uh, in agency. Um, funnily enough, my first role was in PPC on Microsoft. So I was doing um, PPC campaigns for um, PlayStation, which was very cool. But then I found it really boring, so gave up. Um, and diversified and got into display and all the other channels, social media, etc. Um, been to quite a lot of agencies, big, small, independent, and also big groups. So yeah, very, very varied background um, up to a point where... I said, I want to see how it is on the other side as well. And it was uh, the job before this one, uh, which was within Entain um, at Party Casino. There I was head of marketing. Um, so it's it's very different. Um, it's very different from the point of like you've got different ways of working, different responsibilities, different deadlines, different stakeholders you've got to work with. 
Um, maybe not as pressing in terms of deadlines because mostly are internal and, you know, it's a little bit easier. But then in terms of, you know, responsibility, ultimately it's all on you. Um, at the same time, you also get a lot more exposure within one business. So I, I really like this, obviously, understanding the numbers and understanding how can marketing contribute towards them. I, I'm really, I'm really enjoying it. And then in t- the other question about, you know, going wider. Um, yeah, digital is at my heart and will always be. Um, however, I think that learning about offline as well um, has really made me understand, you know, the, the marketing a lot better and digital a lot better and what's the role of digital. And the fact that, you know, these days, like consumer journeys are so chaotic um, there's no more linear journeys and there's no more, no one can predict that it's a marketeer to be, to have a well-rounded experience needs to have both sides and exposure to both sides. And, you know, I would recommend um, people in general, if they start their careers in, in digital, to not lose sight of the offline side of things and how can the two connect. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, when I was, you know, at the beginning of my career, I thought, oh, digital is everything and everything is going digital, which it did. But then at the same time, TV didn't die. Yep. It just evolved and print didn't die. And none of these channels are going to die anytime soon. Yep. Um, so, yeah, big piece of advice. Don't lose sight of other marketing channels if you specialize in one little bit well, absolutely i mean it, it's like the big picture thing so you were, transactions have certainly gone much more digital but you need to be aware of what drives people to go to digital in the first place and that's not always digital media correct correct i mean it's uh, we're seeing it for the brands i'm working on it's like when you've got out of home on you can't really put your finger on but you see massive spikes in traffic better conversion um, but then you don't you see that impact then and then the long tail of it as well which is similarly with TV but it, it's hard it's hard to measure but you know it's there and you know the impact yep. is there and the quality of those people coming to the website is different yes. from what you get from certain digital channels. So, yeah, absolutely. And once they're online, once they're on the website, you can start doing interesting things with them because you know more about them. And Yeah. Okay, brilliant. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. 
To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. I guess actually given the, the experience that you've got of being agency side and then on client side, there are some frustrations that you may be able to solve that you'd seen that agencies weren't doing. Is there anything, I mean, like, let me phrase it a slightly different way. If you were to be talking to a shiny, nice new agency <clears throat> right now, um, what advice would you be giving them? What do they need to do that the rest of the market is missing out? So I think, um, and that's one thing that I was realizing when I was agency side. So the role of agency has changed massively um, because brands have taken everything in-house or most of the things in-house. And that's what we did at my last job. And the purpose was to in-house even more. And that's what we're doing here. Um, So there's a massive risk for agencies there because I don't think they should operate as they used to operate that, oh, we're doing social, we're doing PPC, we're doing that and the other. And then we're going to come and do a bit of strategy and this is it. I think the agencies who do that and operate like that are going to slowly die. Um, However, agencies that realize the strategic role of an agency and the more advisory role of an agency, I think those are the ones who are going to thrive because it's not about the media buying. Um, we can do media buying. It's, you know, you find uh, experts everywhere. Lots of people went into digital. So it's not, you know, it's, there's lots of contractors, lots of companies work with contractors, etc. So that's not the point. What goes beyond the buying is like the whole strategy behind it and then being able to audit and find faults in current plans. So rather than go with like things, oh, you should do that, that and the other and spend X, Y and Z, Put yourself more in the shoes of the client and think more strategically versus them versus their competitors and just be brutally honest, telling them what they're doing wrong. Um, so we had uh, we had an instance uh, from another agency. We wo- we don't work with many agencies currently. We only have two, uh, which is great. But I really loved the approach. I'm not going to name the agency, but loved the approach that... Um, they came in and said, look, this is X, Y, and Z doing this. Um, and this is where your clients are and you are not here. So we think you're losing out on that. They didn't come and say, you should work with this partner. You should do yeah. this platform. You should do So it's a higher level strategic yeah. approach. Yeah, that's yeah. what you're missing out on. And this is how much money you should be making. It's your call. Who you want to do it with, um, you know, if you want to do it with us, someone else, it doesn't matter. I mean, ultimately, we're going to do it with them. Um, so it's it's giving that useful insight and giving that wider, coming in with the wider picture that obviously we don't have client side um, and showing this is what you're missing out on. And ultimately, it's all about money because, I mean, I love, I'm a brand person and I love nice ideas and I love, you know, activations, pop-outs, brand things, events, that sort of jazz. But ultimately, if we can't put a number against it, it's very hard to sell in, especially in this day and age when everything needs to be quantified, marketing budgets are going down, etc. So um, it's very, lots of agencies do not, tend not to quantify the impact of their work on clients. So they give you a budget and they'll give you, oh, you've got, you're going to get X amount of impressions or clicks or whatever. It's like, well, that does not matter for no, me. No, exactly. This is what we expect it to be doing for you. Yeah. That's what you want to hear. Yeah. Okay. Great. And are, are you getting that? Mm. 
Obviously, there's one yeah. agency in particular <laughs> that I'm interested in you saying something really good about. <laughs> yes, yes. So definitely, <laughs> definitely um, getting that. So very happy with the current ones. But like always... You're not biting, are you? There's space no. for improvement <laughs> ah. <laughs> with everything, right? <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll tell Dave. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely with everything. But no, to your, to your initial question, I think they need to change the way they are addressing this whole environment because is. I used to work like that. It doesn't work like that anymore. Um, you've got to be strategic and you've got to show clients um, what they're going to get in return. And it's not impressions and clicks, I'm afraid. No, I agree. Um, it, it, it's got to be about the outcomes and it's got to be a reason, a business case for doing what you're doing. Completely get that. I wonder then in, in a business case, and this is just off the top of my head, that as everything is drifting towards digital, would it be sensible possible a gamble to zig whilst everybody else zags and and actually open pop-up stores for your brands yeah so i think that despite everything going digital i'm a strong believer and as i mentioned i've seen the results maybe very difficult to measure per se as you measure social media or ppc the impact of offline and that includes events that includes uh out of home on buses taxis Mm. digital out of home um press inserts all of that like I'm a big believer in that and I'm a big believer in multiple touch points with like um, the right frequency of communication and the right exposure because if you think if you take you or I as an individual how many how many touch points as we call them we're being exposed to over a day without even realizing it's incredible and if you're there at the right time so i'm taking pretty little things as an example because they're doing an amazing job they've got taxis they've got out of home um they've got uh banners they they've got like gifting as well you see people around the street with that then obviously they've got the digital side Mm -hmm. of things and then influencers so all of that together is working wonders in terms of creating that brand presence it's not just about being on social channels or search or you know video channels it's about that constant brand exposure to audiences at the right frequencies of not being you know all over um but being there being there and wowing them with the sort of advertising because this is a cliche now like you know there's been many stats going for years and years saying that you know our attention spam is going down sorry what our attention spam oh come on (laughs) oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) good job it it doesn't work if i have to ask i did i did laugh (laughs) (laughs) um so uh, yeah attention spam going down and then us being exposed to i don't know tens of thousands of like advertising messages every day so how do we stand out again it's all going back to creativity because people are just fed up with the same old yep. um so to your question yes absolutely like th- those pop-ups and those offline elements and anything else in between maybe even the metaverse and we're going into other <laughs> discussions oh okay. now um uh they all have a role they do all have a role. Um, and it, as, as you say, it's about being in the front of the right people at the right time, right place, right message. And, and, and I think that there is something in, in pop-ups at the minute. I mean, you, you'll, you'll notice, no doubt, that Gymshark, which has been very, very heavy online for the last few years, is opening up a store in Regent Street. And there's a barber shop they've opened up in Shoreditch. I think it's in Shoreditch. Um, that they're turning into the physical space. And then, you know, they're developing and seeing other ways of engaging with their customers. And they love it. Yeah. Absolutely. And ultimately, it's about brand experience. And uh, because lots of brands that were 100% digital start opening up little shops and pop ups and things to kind of provide that physical experience and stand out from the crowd. And also, 
when you know you can't show so for example with fashion you can't really show the quality of the product no and you, you've also got a target audience within yeah. two of the brands particularly that, that you look after whereby they've been very very used to shopping Shops. in yeah. the real world yeah. how are you engaging with them how, how does that work so I think that's one of our biggest problems that um, if you search, um, well, probably not anymore right now, we're right at the beginning and maybe last year as well, if you would have searched for the three brands, um, the first result would be, are they still operating? Are they still going? Because everyone thought that they are gone. So, you know, major marketing challenge. How do yeah. you tell people that we're still here, we're not dead? And more than that, we rebranded and we've got new logos. And what does that mean for them? Because yep. it's not just a logo for the sake of a logo. Um, so it's it's very it's very difficult because obviously you need to balance brand comms with then brand products and then performance ads as well. So from an overall marketing perspective, it's a very fine balancing mm. act um, to kind of find and distribute the right budgets against all of these. But I think what works for us is kind of always reiterating and our creative team credit to them have have done an amazing job in like keep reiterating the fact that we're online mobile app online mobile app in all comms um just to make sure that people and including in our out of home Mm. ads everywhere everywhere every single ad has got every single brand ad has got that as a reminder that you know we're still here we're still online um and I guess that what we need to do from September onwards, and that's something we're currently working on, is work on a pure brand campaign that's kind of communicating this rebranding and what it means from them that is not Dorothy Perkins anymore, is DP Dot. What does DP Dot mean for the consumers? Well, it means made in the UK, made more sustainable, made with a bit more love for nature, uh, paying the right wages, uh, moving production from Asia to Europe, um, that sort of thing. So people, people need to know. So I think that for us, it's all about the comms, the ads we're using and how we're, we keep reminding back to my point earlier about being present all the time at the right frequency yep. and with the, like a similar message so they remember. So you mentioned about bringing things over from Asia into Europe and creating more sustainable. Can we, can we talk about that in a bit more detail about what you are doing to, to enable that? Because, you know, the, I think rather unfairly, perhaps fast fashion has been taking a bit of a hit in the, in the press very recently. And, and, and I don't think that the, the industry has responded with the plans that they've really got afoot to address all of this. So, so w- what are you doing? Yeah, like we actually were avoiding to talk about any of this because of greenwashing, right? Yep. So if you don't talk, people are going to judge you. Why don't you talk? If you talk, it, then, then they'll judge why you that it's talk? fake and you're only doing exactly. it because everybody is. Exactly. So uh, from a marketing perspective, I was very um, cautious of this and I, I really didn't want to push any messages right there. Yep. Um, I wanted people to discover the quality of the products and to be subtle about obviously in the product descriptions on the site and we're doing a lot of comms over email and um, to our fans and followers on social networks to show them the journey of the products and where are they made etc but um, from my perspective um, and this is going to be in line with what we're going to talk about later around the book I think for brands is better if it's better that to let other people shout about what you're doing well yep. than yourself. I agree. Um, so in the background, we're doing loads. Yep. Um, in, as I say, in terms of moving more to Europe, Turkey, Romania, UK, expanding the factory in the UK in Thermostone Lane, which is 
doing very well for us, obviously paying um, fair wages there, employees being happy and we're documenting the journey, trying to use as much recycled material as possible, uh, try to use alternative materials for jeans, which take a lot of water. We know jeans yep. are a huge problem. And then encouraging people to... Um, reinvent their their outfits uh cons like this is our uh, one of the biggest themes especially for dp uh to reinvent yourself and reinvent your outfits it also helps her during this uh uh living crisis yep. um but it also helps you know people buy less because ultimately we want them to buy from us everything they need to be the one stop shop but buy less not buy huge quantities so uh, less of the better quality and you know amazing products that you know a dress is going to take you through from early spring to late autumn you can dress it up dress it down take it to the office take it to a party whatever you name it so we inspire them yep. to kind of consume less and reutilize their outfits. We even have a campaign now in August called DP Dares, which is basically we're working with influencers to show ways of um, different ways of wearing um, the same item of clothing. Might it be shoes or a dress or a skirt or a top or a in different ways yep. to take you through different events and different things you've got going on so you don't have to buy more. Um So yeah, it's and the group itself like we're doing a lot more in terms of you know you not using paper recycling uh printing less uh packaging um unfortunately well fortunately and unfortunately we start uh, now charging for returns yeah um it's a it's a cruel reality but it's it's very painful because all the good you're doing um on other hands when it comes to returns people buy 10 of the same size yep. and then return nine yep. um obviously that's a massive waste of energy yeah I understand. um so we're hoping that by charging for returns we're going to discourage that behavior how, how has that been adopted i mean what, what sort of pushback have you had from the so we haven't launched it yet the three brands i'm working on mm-hmm. um but boohoo launched within the group and yes there is pushback they're all yeah. they're always going to be pushback but ultimately we're doing this because as i say it's not gonna not having not charging for returns is not going to enable us to move towards the most sustainable um business model absolutely what what's the differential briefly then between like a high street fashion store and returns that you get to there to the online fashion stores and returns you get there i'd imagine that you see a lot more yeah we do because it's difficult when people go into stores they can try things on yeah. right and they know how it fits whereas here um more more with dp and burton obviously burton we're talking suits as well so mm-hmm. it's really hard um to kind of know i mean they they tend to be good with sizes and we're trying to to kind of work towards helping people uh in terms of uh fitting online fitting yep. to kind of being able to put your exact measurement and get um estimate fitting to kind of help people towards that um perhaps uploading your picture and kind of seeing how it looks on you um so we're we're currently working from an e-commerce perspective on implementing all these things that should enable them to have a similar behavior as they mm-hmm. do have in shops because obviously in shops it's a lot lower than it is yep. and historically would have been our returns have been very very low compared to what they are now yep. um online so it's it's also on our on us as well to kind of help people with that because people would say yeah you charge for returns but then your sizes do not fit so of course i i'm ordering 10 dresses because i don't know which size i am yeah um 
So fair point. So it's also on us uh, yes. to, to kind of uh, facilitate that as well and not just punish the consumers by, by charging them. No, absolutely. It's creating the right balance, though, to, to encourage sustainability. You can't have everybody ordering everything and then sending everything back because that wastes all of the energy that's gone into... Yeah, absolutely. Wow. OK, so lots of plans afoot. Not shouting about them, not telling everybody about them, not greenwashing. It's quite refreshing. No. Yeah. I'm a, that, that's my stance. And it's funny because, you know, my colleagues are always like, but we should shout more. We should put more on the out of home. We should like leave it like this. If you leave it like this and they discover, we, we stated the, the only sentence we put is with a little bit more love for Mother Nature. Yeah. And that was it. But um, I think that's the that's the right way of doing it. And then if you go on the product description on the on the website, you can see more about where it's made, how is it made, what materials contains. And then it's up to you if you want to shout about it and, you know, if you're happy with that or not. But I don't think we should be putting on T-shirts that, you know, we're green and we're saving the planet yeah. or whatever. I don't think it's fair. Can you create a, a bit more of a circular economy that uh, if people are buying things from you, wearing them for a certain period of time and then sending them back? And I, I don't mean like, buying it, wearing it, and then wanting my money back. I mean, having it for, for a period of time and then recycling it by sending it back for a secondary market for you, would that be something that you'd be interested in doing? Yeah, so I mean, what PLT have started doing, which I think is brilliant, is the marketplace yep. where you can actually sell um, sell your PLT clothes uh, and other items as well, uh, which I think is fantastic because for that target audience who's very young and always wants to have like new outfits yep. for social media, etc., they consume <laughs> a lot. They go through a lot of clothes yeah. and they, because they are cheap, they can afford it and then they just see they're in a massive landfill and waste and yeah. So um, reselling them um, between your peers and creating that, you know, circular economy, as you say, I think that's a really good shout. Um, also, um, we are thinking of renting. So we've started a very interesting program internally right. where we're renting. So we're renting for free. So um, employees can rent items of clothes uh, from within the group, from different brands. Um, and you just return them washed and ironed and that's it. So I have been using it a lot now and it's fantastic because <laughs> it doesn't, you know, it doesn't cost the environment anything. Yeah. Um, it only costs me to iron it because obviously I wash it at home. If it needs dry cleaning, obviously I'll take it to dry cleaning. But what's the price of dry cleaning versus buying a new dress yeah. or renting a dress? So it's it's absolutely amazing. So I think it's an amazing um an amazing idea. So potentially we'd be looking into, uh, we are talking about, you know, being able to rent, do, having like a rental scheme or like a subscription scheme. Wow. Or, um, you know, alternatives to this or as you, as PLT did, a marketplace where you can sell your clothes and then uh, we can take them and make them into something new or just sell them within your peers. So there's, there's many ways. There's many ways. I love the idea of subscription. So there you go. You got a fresh wardrobe all yeah. the time. Yeah, we're working. We're working with um, an influencer. Um, I won't give the name of the influencer, not to do any advertising here. But we're working with an influencer who's got uh, who's created his own app, and it's like a subscription-based app with um, pieces of item that he puts out there from different brands, and uh, people rent whatever they need, and then they send them back, and it's in rotation. So it's wow. fabulous. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I, I read something in the, in the on the Evening Standard going home yesterday that BMW have just done a subscription model for heated seats oh. in their car, which is ridiculous. It just sounds like a yeah. weird little <laughs> PR nightmare, actually, microtransaction thing going on. But I do see that the world is moving into a subscription-based model for brands. So it's great that you're talking about that.
Yeah, I mean it works. It works for for all the other brands. So why not? You yeah. know, in this in this economy where you know no one, nothing is certain. Knowing that you know your clothes are gonna cost, you don't want to give up on little treats like clothes and your morning coffee or whatever. Um, you know how much they're gonna cost. There's no surprises, so you can afford them because you put some money aside, and this is it. And then we can just yeah have have new things every month, but then. Not at the cost of the environment. So, but there's a long way. Like this is, you know, just ideas, initial talks, and things like that. So it's gonna, it's gonna be a while, but you know, there are opportunities. Fantastic. Well, it's good to hear you're doing that. And meanwhile, whilst you've been doing all that, putting all your plans in place, and developing and turning into from digital into all media marketing at at, um, at the group, you've been busy doing something else, haven't you? Uh, what yes. is that? <laughs> yeah. So unfortunately, <laughs> you guys can't see it, but this is a book. Um, this is the the soft copy of my book, which actually. So I, I I had this idea to write the book for a long time, and I had my cause in mind, um, and I just didn't find the time to do it. So uh, in the first lockdown, yeah, it was the first lockdown, um, I just find a little bit of time to to kind of put the pen down to paper or fingers on the keyboard rather um, and um, just work on it because I had, as I said, I had like a very clear vision on what it is and what I'm doing and what, what I want to talk and shout about. Uh, and I'm, I'm very passionate about that. So, yeah, that's what it is. So let's talk about the book then. That seems like a, an appropriate segue. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. What is it called? So it's called The Brand's Purpose. Less Unicorn, More Zebra. So okay. it's question mark. So I'm kind of leaving the public hanging because probably 90% of them wouldn't understand what's with zebra. Yep. Um, and quite a few people would be like, well, as a question mark. So I'm hoping to intrigue people by uh, having that question mark to kind of read the book and see what's all about. And yeah, the first question I'm getting, what's with the zebra? Yep. <laughs> would you and want to ask that now, answer that now or do you want to, you know, yeah. readers to find out? Uh, well, I think it would be, well, I can, I can quickly... Uh, um, highlight what's with the zebra is not just the animal as per se so this is not a, a book about animals no the unicorns <laughs> exist no not at all it's me that's supposed to be in the crap jokes yeah yeah, yeah. so it's about um, it's literally it's about how can brands do better for the environment for the society um, and brand purpose, which has been like a very big keyword in the past few years, massive hype, everyone like trying to jump on the wagon, similarly with like the green sort of green movement. Um, this brand purpose has been bastardized a lot yep. over the past few years to the point where no one really understands what it is and what it isn't and how it should be used and what's going on there. So um, the purpose of <laughs> the purpose of the book <laughs> is to kind of shed some light on what brand purpose really is yep. um, and uh, how businesses should use it. So uh, and it makes the difference between businesses, uh, more recent businesses that um, were born with a true purpose in mind yep. um, versus businesses who some of them have retroactively um, start using this brand purpose just to sell more. Yep. Versus they've actually done a great job in doing something good for the society. So there's kind of three categories, new businesses that were created with this in mind. And this is kind of 
what it is, um, the north star of a business, the, the mm-hmm. why, um, and it goes beyond making profit. And then the other two, the existing businesses that, you know, they've been around for many years before this whole hype came around um, and they split into two categories. So this is this is what it is. And um, it was very funny because I had to actually work with a lawyer to ensure that I'm not getting myself in trouble or sued because there's a, there's a chapter that talks about bad examples. Yeah. So brands that have taken brand purpose uh, and use it just to sell more. Yeah. Is it possible to retrofit a purpose into an existing brand? Yes, it is. And I've got a framework in the book that kind of helps and guides brands on, on how to do that. Fantastic. And are you taking this out? Is there a tour? Are you doing... I not yet. Okay. It hasn't been like uh, I'm not. I'm not a celebrity or anything. <laughs> I'm just a normal person. Um, it had. Uh, it had. Oh, and one more thing, just to uh, endorse the book. Every every copy sold. Everything goes to planting trees in UK and Romania. Oh, fantastic. Um, so I'm not taking any of the profit of that, and I've already been donating a lot of money uh, to these charities called Forest Without Frontiers and operates in UK and Romania for planting trees. Um, um, so back to your question, uh, I haven't done any tourists. If I will be invited for sure, I would love to because the more they sell, the more trees we plant, yep. the more people are becoming aware of um, brand purpose and how to treat it. So you then are a great example of somebody who has purpose, who believes in what they're doing. You're writing about it. You're encouraging people to do it. You've gone into a group that is establishing purpose. Do you, was it deliberate? How, how did you... Was it was this an engineered event or or did is it by chance? So it's a bit of both, to be honest. So um, I had uh, funny fact. Um, it might sound a bit like I'm full of myself, but I have been headhunted for all the roles I had. So I'm saying 50-50 because it's been, you know, a headhunting thing. Um, but also the fact that I'm a true believer that if we if you don't go and work at these companies who are actually, you know, people are pointing fingers to mm-hmm. that they are bad, you're not going to, no one's going to change anything, right? So everyone's saying, oh, no one wants to work at, I'm not going to give names now. No one wants to work at where X, Y, and Z because they are biggest polluters, they create yeah. plastic, I don't know. But then if people don't work there and young people don't work there and don't try to change things and stir things away from how they are, then no, there's going to be no change. Yep. So I'm a firm believer that if you go in and try to change, you, you, you're better off than just sitting there and commenting, oh, how bad these companies are. Um, so it was, uh, obviously, it was the opportunity that uh, arrived. But then at the same time, I realized that it's, it's a great opportunity to kind of get inside this industry because obviously it's, we all know that it, it's an industry that doesn't have a great reputation and see if... They're open if they want to change and what can I do as an individual? Um, Because being quite senior in this organization, I do have the power of change and I want to use that power of change to change things. Um, And indeed, I was very pleasantly surprised to see that it's probably the most open mind institution I've ever worked at uh, in terms of change um, and desire to do good things. Um, and desire to treat environment and people correctly. It's a big boat, so it's not going to change overnight. But I think that these small changes and small steps that I mentioned uh, is like definitely going in the right direction. And I love the fact that individuals with ideas have power 
to change things um, and, yeah, to make a difference. Um, so, you know, to your question, it was a bit of both. It was yeah. me getting excited about yeah. exploring this industry, but also trying to go inside and see what can be done. Well, good luck with it. I, I, I hope you I hope you do change it. I hope I hope you... It's yeah. not going to happen tomorrow, no, no, but, no, you know. <laughs> so so th- th- this is going to be a little bit of a tenuous link, but you, you mentioned small steps and young people. So I'm going to go a bit of a segue now and start talking about school uniforms. Um, I heard on the grapevine last week that a particular high street retailer has screwed up its um, supply chain for school uniforms coming for September this year. Is there something that you think that the, the, the high street or the ex-high street online fashion world could do to start creating sustainable school uniforms for kids? We're hearing that kids are just wanting, you know, wanting to be involved in it. And when they're wanting to be involved in it on such a young age, it kind of needs to be embraced. Can, something you can get behind? Yeah, 100%. I mean, uh, first of all, we work um, as a group, we work with a lot of young talent, uh, so straight from fashion school, etc., to give them the chance to design lines with us and work for us and work with the brands. So involving those people, as part, you make it really fun. You can make it, you know, they, you give them an opportunity to design something cool but and, and raise awareness about them as individuals yep. or brands if they've got one. But then at the same time, you drive change. So 100% you can enable that change. Um, and ultimately, it's in the company's power to to change that but again it comes to the purpose because if your purpose is to make money you're never going to make that change because it's always going to be, be cheaper about the money. yeah always going to be cheaper to stick to the cheaper materials coming from god knows where paid god knows what mm-hmm. per hour working i don't know how many hours and days per week etc so it's always going to be cheaper so the wrong decision is always going to be cheaper yeah um so it's really up to you as a company and you've got that power to make the change. Now, the change is not going to be uh, overnight, as I said, and in its entirety. You can't change the whole supply chain all of a sudden and all of that. So I'm looking at my colleagues in product and realizing how hard it is to kind of balance everything and, and juggle everything to kind of get that price because ultimately consumers want a certain price and are prepared to pay a certain yep. price, right? Lots of people are saying that, oh, yeah, I love sustainability and I would buy only recycled things. I would do that. But then when you show them the price that's attached to that, yep. oh, no, 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 that's too expensive. But that's but it's the a price. different thing. Yes, yeah. but that's the price you need to pay. So it's a very fine balancing act between that. But what I'm saying is that part of that, the cheapest option, you can start changing things without that to go for the more expensive one, which is more, um, uh, is better for the environment and the society. Uh, But it will make a difference uh, in terms of uh, the environment, but also uh, in terms of how people feel about your products. Um, So I think it's is definitely in our power. But what I'm trying to say, being in this industry, people are very quick to judge and say, oh, yeah, but they could change that immediately. It's not like that. No, it's not just no, like it's that. Not. It's got to be gradual and there's many decisions and there's many things. Um, but start small with, you know, moving some of your, um, you know, suppliers and people you're working with from certain countries or paying those people in those countries yeah. better or having better materials or working in places where, you know, deforestation didn't happen or things like that. So small decisions toward that, mm. towards that, they wouldn't 
financially impact you in a in a very serious way because you just can't i mean you still all companies need to make profit right yeah but if you can make profit and do good for society and environment that's then the you winning should. formula yeah, exactly. and that's when you should and you should take baby steps towards that yes. because you can't change everything all of a sudden so yeah a hundred percent okay Fantastic. I'm, I'm sort of reluctant to ask this question because you, you, you seem to have so much on and so many plans going on. But what's next? What's, what's the next challenge? Oh, I guess <laughs> what I really want is I feel like I haven't done um, enough about this book, promoting yep. this book and going out there. Obviously, I've got a vast network of fellow marketeers and, you know, people in the industry. So I don't think I've done enough. So I really hope that, you know, this this chat of ours is gonna is gonna help, I and hope so. I definitely want to spend more time promoting it. It's got um, you know its own Instagram account, and I'm trying to create more content for it. So um, it's hopefully. I'm going to take this to the next level um, and be challenged on it and start discussions and, uh, you know, start challenge people and companies and also create more exposure for the brands that are featured, like the just to mention the brands that are featured in this book in the um, in the good section. I, I haven't been paid by them mm. or anything is literally me looking around and seeing who's doing well and who's not doing well. Um, so, you know, raising awareness and people who have read the book, they're like, oh, wow, I've never heard of this brand. I'm going to go check them out. And then I had a few friends who actually said, do you know what? After reading your book, I started buying this. And it's fantastic. And it's brilliant because those people make profit, but it's not at the expense of the planet or society. Mm. And that's what I want to see more of. Right. That's why more brands like that and people knowing about those. And because if if we would have more of that, this planet would be a much better place. So. I haven't pushed this enough. And then from a professional perspective, um, it's I definitely want to get involved in a lot more talks um, and also, you know, really shaping this this ethical fashion industry um, going forward because I have the opportunity and I can and I really need to, I want to concentrate on that. We will do whatever we can to help you with that. Thank you. <laughs> um, hopefully there will be some readers from, from, from this. But but again, you know, we, we will send it out to our clients and we'll talk to everybody about it. Perfect. So it's Thank brilliant. You. Thank you for doing it. Um, we're sort of coming to a conclusion now. I mean, it, it's lovely to see you so animated about everything um, and where you are and what you're doing and the challenges and how you're going about doing them. When you look back at your career... Was there a piece of advice that somebody gave you that stood out as being brilliant? Yeah, I think so. And now this is as a woman as well, which is I've been in industries. So, for example, last one, which was gambling, very male oriented. Uh, Now I'm in a very female oriented industry, which is quite the opposite. But nevertheless, I think that um, I tend to have a lot the imposter syndrome, Um, having the feeling that, oh, I'm 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 too um, young for this role or, you know, I've got too much. How am I going to do this? This is too much. These are too big brands like these brands are so big. Like, how am I going to do this? I'm not going to do a great job. Like always kind of having this imposter um, feeling, which is absolutely awful because it's stops you from come being at your best, basically. And the best bit of advice I've ever had is always trust yourself. Always mm-hmm. trust yourself. Um, because if you if you think that's going to work, if you think you're right, if you think that the idea is good, don't let X, Y, and Z tell you um, you're not good enough or don't come to an interview thinking that, oh, no, I'm not, this is too good for me or... 
I'm not good for this. So go go with your instincts and really appreciate yourself as an individual and trust yourself because there's lots of incredible people out there which I worked with um, reporting into or uh, reporting into me, which I noticed that you know they are not very confident and not trusting mm. themselves, and because of that, um, they missed out on a lot of things yeah. in their career and they missed out in a lot of meetings. You know their ideas being heard. So um, trust yourself and be confident because every time your voice is not going to be heard, it's a missed opportunity. Yep. No idea is a bad idea at the end of the day. And if it's not the right thing to do, fine, people are going to move on, carry on. But make your voice heard and, and be confident. And I think that, that really, really helped me, especially with the imposter syndrome, which was like really through the roof at some points through my career. And how have you dealt with that? So um, with imposter syndrome, yeah. well, I think it's, it's again, it's like trying to push myself out of my limits. So like very being uncomfortable with myself, basically, um, and acknowledging that it's okay to feel uncomfortable. So, mm -hmm. for example, I had to, to deliver a very big talk in front of lots of senior people, uh, mostly men, um, and... I up until like five minutes, I was convinced that I'm going to be a failure. Everyone's going to laugh at me and probably I'm going to lose my job the next day. Um, but then once I start doing it, I was like, do you know what? Actually, I, I like I love doing this and I know what I'm talking about. Mm. So like I'm an expert in this, right? So these yeah. people are not experts. So like I'm an expert in this. And even if there were experts amongst this, it's like, I know what I'm talking about. I know I'm right. Um, so why am I doing this to myself? Why am I tormenting like this? So a lot of, um, yeah, self-education and kind of like pushing yourself uh, outside your boundaries and f feeling uncomfortable because, and this is another piece of advice, I guess, is like the moment you feel comfortable with anything, um, you're not learning anymore uh, mm -hmm. and you're not progressing. So always try to get yourself in situations and challenges where you're like, ooh, I'm not sure about this. I'm, you know, like... Oh, I, I need to learn a bit more about this or yeah. this is a situation I've never been in before or, uh, you know, I, I've never done this sort of campaign or I don't know. So these sort of things like taking you out of your comfort zone is really helping building that confidence as well, especially if things go well. And if they go, if they don't go well, fine, at least you've learned the lesson. I mean, failures are very good because it's only from failures that you kind of manage to succeed absolutely and i believe that this is your first podcast it is so you're out of your comfort zone oh, you're I doing am. something new i've got to say you've very done much. terrifically <laughs> oh thank you <laughs> very much i was my car i was very nervous not, not knowing what to expect but yeah i think it's fantastic and you, there you go this is the example exactly <laughs> and, and look, you, you've, you've been brilliant and and i i've really loved this conversation thank you. thank you so much for taking time to come and see us thank you for having me Thank you for listening to Let's Do the Right Thing in association with RadioWorks, the UK's largest independent radio advertising agency. Let's Do the Right Thing is a Maple Street creative production, devised and presented by Adam Hopkinson. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all 
Chanel body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.